Hey guys, so our episode today is talking about Latinx and what it means to us growing up Latino and the introduction to who we are. How you guys met? Did you all guys right. all meet at the same time or how was that? Um, me, uh, so me and Mike, we actually met uh, sophomore year of high school, like the day before school started. <laughs> um, we met, we met through what Rangers. What school did you guys go to? Um, so I went to Forest Hill High School and uh, Angel and Mike went to um, uh, a school called Inlet Grove, which was like a preparatory school in the hood. It was like the craziest thing. Um, yeah, it didn't make <laughs> a lot of sense. Because <laughs> like, we, we, had, we, had, we were a charter school. But we were in the middle of the hood, which didn't make any sense to me. We, we actually found a dead body <laughs> in, the, in front of the school one day, which is pretty, pretty weird. Yeah, it was good times. Good times. All right, so you guys met through Angel. I had both of you met yes. Angel to where you guys hadn't met prior to that. I've known Angel since we were 11 years old. I met Angel in sixth grade um, of middle school. And then Mike and Angel met in high school. Mm-hmm. I thought he was an undercover cop because he looked thirty. <laughs> Not gonna lie, because he had a full he had a full beard and full like hair everywhere. He looked like a horse, and so I thought he was an undercover cop. <laughs> so, so I became friends with him, and uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, so I thought he was an undercover cop. So I thought maybe you know give me some inside details or whatever. But no, Mike. Mike was like, I need protection. Mike used to get bullied and shit. And Mike was like, I need protection. <laughs> Shut up. I wasn't okay. I was a bully. I was skinny as fuck, <laughs> but I wasn't bullied. But if I had to pick one person to be a bodyguard, if I had to pick one person, it would be him, Angel. Yes, Ray. You don't. Do you remember the first night that we met? Uh, it, yeah. it was so Angel. Um, Angel. It was it Angel's car? First of all, <laughs> no, I did not. I did not need a booster chair. And honestly, Mike, when she was staring me down, I'm telling Angel, I was like, yo, I think Mike's girl wants to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It's... I, I was always overly confident for the, to, even though I lacked height, height, <laughs> I, I never lacked confidence. So I always. In confidence, I always thought I was six seven. And in reality, and you're five two. I mean, what does he have to lose? Worst case scenario, he gets slapped. He falls down to the ground one whole foot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um. So you guys met through that. We all, the three of us, actually met through Angel as well because it was Angel's wedding. And Angel asked me to end up being his, his uh, one of his groomsmen. So he added me into a chat with a bunch of other people that I had no clue who they were outside of Ryan, uh, who I went to college with with, me, with Angel. Um, and honestly, we hit it off right away, I would say. I mean, I literally jumped in that chat, saw everyone talking shit, and I was like, my people, I can talk shit now. I didn't even need to know who they were to talk shit. I just talked shit. Okay, wait, hey, so Carlos, can you settle a debate for us? When Angel went off to college, he went to Barry University, which is where he met you. 
And uh, so me and Ray used to go visit him at Bear University, which is in Miami, um, to go, you know, hang out with him, but also hang out at a college because me and Ray never went to a, you know, to a college or had that college life. So we tried to mooch off of Angel. <laughs> so, so, so we went to, uh, when we used to go there, uh, he used to take us to these fraternity, I guess, initiations. Oh, the land, the land uh, of the land of land, land of theta, theta, land. whatever, land of theta, theta, <laughs> thigh, five, land of, theta <laughs> land of that shit. Okay, the whatever. I was, I was close. Nine, Latin fraternity. Yeah, 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 that yeah. shit. Something would kill so, you if you heard you. <laughs> the way you. <laughs> Santi, I'm so sorry. Anyone who's part of that fraternity, I I don't mean any offense. Send all your hate mail to Carlos and Rick. We so we were trying to remember who you were from those days before the wedding came. I was already gone by that point. You already gone by that point. What ended up happening was I was asked to be. I was asked to see if I was interested in being in Lincoln Five, and I went to like four or five of their frat parties and hung out with the guys and even did some of the fundraising that we had to do working concession at the Dolphin Games. And um, after a while, I mean, one, my grades weren't good. My freshman year, I, I, I didn't know how to properly study to do college properly, so I was screwing around, didn't have the GPA, so it literally forced me to kind of rethink whether I wanted to even be a Lambda. I, after a while, I realized the people I hung out with the most weren't from the frat. They were friends I made while just hanging around. So I made a decision right then and there that it wasn't for me, and I backed out before doing any of the uh, the hazing or anything like that. I ended up just uh, deciding it wasn't for me and called it. Angel and I used to hang out. After that, Angel and I would hang out mostly around campus and we'd run into each other talk for a bit so me and ray when we were at this initiation one day there there was this dude this big dude who was wearing skinny jeans we thought you were that (laughs) we did so so carlos my question is were you that dude wearing skinny jeans and have you wore skinny jeans i do not never owned a pair of skinny jeans he didn't say he hasn't worn them. That's I said I never owned a pair of never, oh, and, I've never, <laughs> and I've never worn a pair of skinny Now, now this is now I want to ask my question because I want to know how did how did you feel um like when Angel actually texted you and asked you to be a groomsman? Honestly, I was a little surprised. Because um, like, we were too. We were like, who is this nigga? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was, surprised because like while Angel and me had always been cool we had never really been that close like that um but we'd always vibe one we always got along and we always kept in touch through Facebook so when he asked me I was like you know what yeah I'll do it I was down um I was hoping that the people he chose were like-minded and 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 knew how to be chill and have a good time so luckily that worked out uh pretty well uh, but yeah, no, I was surprised and a little nervous because I, I mean, he the only way he was like, in terms of like comforting, because I was like, I don't know anyone in this group. He was like, you know, Ryan. I'm like, Ryan? He goes, Juice. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I know Ryan. So I was like, at least I know somebody in the group outside of Angel. So it makes it a little easier. But I mean, the minute I jumped in the chat, everyone was cool. Everyone got along. There was a bunch of 
shit talking and memes flying and it was a good time. And I mean, we had to wait, what, a year pretty much, or no, we waited, what, three months before we finally met in person uh, at the, uh, the day before the wedding. Mm-hmm. And just to add, <laughs> yeah. just to add for the audience, uh, Angel um, is our, our, our mutual friend and Juice, uh, a.k.a. Ryan, is our token white guy. Yeah. There's always a yes. token white guy. Right? Always. This group doesn't have. We got. There's, there's always equality. We always. We always gotta have equality. It's like you. It's like the United Nations of shitheads. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, oh, hey, cause hey, 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 I'm sorry. I have to. Add this is our Jim Carrey to our in living color. Yes, that's a good. good... Yes, that's a good analogy. Hey, oh, and Carl, Carlos, me and Ray were debating Angel on whether you were that dude. Like we're like we're like hey Carlos. I was like, the guy with the skinny jeans from the from the initiation. He's like, nah, I wasn't him. We're like, yeah, I think it was him. <laughs> like, because we swore that you were that dude. Because you, when we looked at your picture, we thought it was you. I was like, I think that and skinny we, jeans we, guy. Mike was like, yeah, I think that skinny yeah, jeans. So I, yeah, I've never worn a pair of skinny jeans in my life, and I don't even own a pair, so that definitely wasn't me. I think I knew who who he was, and I can see why you would think it was me, but it wasn't me. I think it was the dude who was, uh, he was already part of Land. He was already part of Land at the time. And I think he was like their resident DJ. He DJed on the side. And I think that's what you're talking about. Because I've seen that dude wear skinny jeans before. And he was a bigger, he was a heavier set dude, just like me. Oh, hey, Carlos, were you at that party where they, a fight broke out and they broke nah. the DJ set? No, nah, I was probably, like, Did literally anything after Angel got initiated, I was no, no part of Land. Oh wait, uh, Angel didn't get initiated. No, no, not Angel. But I'm saying, was like, he part of it? Lasted a lot longer through the process than I did. I chose, I chose prior to, ah, gotcha. prior to hazing and all that that I was done. I believe Angel went in through a certain process and then he decided, nah, this isn't for me. Um, yeah, because there was only two people that ended up uh, doing it. Because hey, let's, uh, me and Ray should tell you that story about. Uh, we were trying to talk to girls while a fight was breaking out at the land, at the berry party. Uh, hey, oh, Ray, you remember when I, I went up to the girl, I started talking to her, and then all of a sudden, like a big fight broke out, and they started, and they, they even tore down, they were fine, tore down the DJ booth, and you guys were like, yo, we need to go, and I was like, whoa, give me a second, <laughs> and I was still trying to talk to her while chaos was going on, man. Barry had some epic parties my freshman and sophomore year. They even had this group called Grind Mode who had a song called I'm So High show up and dope track. It was fun. It was it, it was one of those Miami vibes that you could really enjoy and get into. You know, it was like very like wavy. Back to what we were saying about how you ended up joining uh, Angel's uh, bridal party. And in the beginning when, you know, he told us about you, we were like, who is this guy? But it's funny because I mean, we hit it off right off the bat. I mean, you you like meshed right in. It felt like we'd known you for years. Yeah, it was a good vibe. It was a good vibe. And then it got even funnier when we finally met um, at the rehearsal dinner. You wouldn't have known any of us. Like, you guys obviously known each other for, what, 17 years or longer at this point. And uh, 
Santi obviously knew you guys for a very long time as well. So I was really the only person who didn't know anyone. And Ryan, I guess, as well, to a certain extent. But yeah, I, it, right when we sat down and we ate dinner and we cracked jokes, you wouldn't have known we didn't know each other. It was it was a, a perfect fit in terms of personalities, all of us coming together. And we we had some fun. We had a blast that, that entire weekend. Speak for yourself. I thought you were an, an asshole. asshole. That doesn't change anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, glad. I'm glad you admitted in public. I can, like, I can put put this on the record. I am. I am an asshole. Who cares? <laughs> like, if I know you and I care about you, I'll still be an asshole. But I care. So if something actually needs to happen for me to help you, I will help you. But if I don't like you, then I'm just straight up an asshole. So I'm not That's helping true. you. And I. Yeah, it's, it's very Jersey. Very, very, very <laughs> it's very Jersey. We're still in that same group chat, and it's still a daily conversation going on in that group chat between all of us. So it's a really cool thing that uh, a wedding ended up creating such a cool, close-knit group that gets to have fun and clown around with each other on a daily basis in the chat. Uh, I mean, we've gotten we've gone on trips together. We've had we've had a blast in various different scenarios. You guys have come up here. Mike and I and Angel went to a wedding together up in Atlanta. I mean, we've, uh, and now look at us, we're starting this podcast together because we thought that with all of our insights and our beliefs and, and with me being obviously extremely opinionated and disagreeing with both of you on most of what you say, uh, we would have an entertaining podcast to talk about things. We we've been even been robbed together. <laughs> <laughs> we have been brought together. We sure have. We which, bring somebody which you, closer. We... It's just, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've, we've gone through some, some extremes and we've had some fun and laughs. I mean, we got to see Ray slip and fall on his ass right before the wedding. That was hilarious. We got to see Santi and Angel damn near kill themselves walking down the stairs in Colombia. And that was hilarious. That was the most awesome thing that, no. one of the most awesome things that, you know, I've encountered. Yeah, and it was. I mean, the 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 cool part was like how we motivated each other to go up. Like you said, you know, we you know we mm -hmm. had to hype you up because you at one point it looked like you were just done. And then same thing with with Santi. <laughs> Santi, I remember we we had to get him from the start because I remember at first he was like, "Hell no, hell, hell yeah. no," and then <laughs> we got to the middle and he was like, "I don't know." Me and Ray, me and Ray were pushing him up the stairs. <laughs> so for so long, he's like, "No, I'm going back down." We're like, "No, we're going back down." I'm like Santi, you're near the fucking top of the mountain. You're gonna fucking what's, take what's you crazy down. Is like, the fucking I didn't mountain. get tired until I saw the finish line. Either like I saw the last step, not too far, and I think I was at like step six hundred or five eighty or something like that. And I looked up and I'm like, "Those last hundred steps were just killing me." I'm like, "You really like?" Just so you guys understand. I'm also like over 300 pounds. So imagine walking 700 steps while also carrying that weight. I'm not a tall dude, so it's all there in the center. It's not easy to do. Um, but we got up there. It was an amazing view. And on the way down, and I slid down about seven steps before I caught myself. Had I not caught myself, I would have fallen off the mountain about 600 steps up and fallen to my death. Uh, luckily, that did not happen, and we went down, yeah. we had an amazing meal, and found out we were robbed. So it was like, you know, a silver lining, I guess. They were telling me, at least you didn't die, but you're going to get robbed. I, when you slid past that third step, me yeah, and Ray were already getting our story straight. How, like, I, if, if, 
if I didn't stop myself at that sixth step, I wouldn't have died from impact. I would have died from the heart attack that I was already about to have. So it's like... And, and at this time, I want to <laughs> let the audience into my mind. When I saw that, I'm not even going to lie. I already had a song in my head that I could see you fall into. And when you, the first step you fell, all I heard was the beginning of the big Punisher song, It's So Hard. <laughs> and all I could hear, <laughs> you can catch me in the Chevy van 150. Like, oh, shit, my dog's going to die. Yeah, man. But I will say, just so the audience understands, I am very agile for a heavy dude, so I managed to catch myself, obviously. And I, I managed to just take very slow steps the rest of the way because I was terrified from that point on. Until I knew I was in between two pieces of rock and then I knew I could fall other than going down. No, so and just um to let the audience know as well, because we keep referencing it. Um so after we we went on that tour of Guatape, when we got back to our um Airbnb, we were going essentially going back to get dressed and we were gonna go out. And we, everybody ended up finding out that we um, ended up getting robbed by, like, the two sweetest grandmothers in Colombia. Least people you would expect to rob you. It was uh, definitely a crazy experience. I'll leave they, it at that. They even cooked yeah. us breakfast. How are you going to cook someone breakfast and rob, breakfast it, and rob two them? Two mornings in a row. They cooked us dinner the night before and then robbed us right before we got home. And, uh, yeah, that was a crazy experience. So we... Um, the last day, essentially, we were all pretty tight on money, so we just went to Hooters and watched football, and then went to downtown Medellin and had a blast, you know, shopping through their shopping district, and uh, it was awesome. It, I mean, we still made the best of it, and and we left with our heads still, you know, wrapped up in the fact that we got robbed, but we're still appreciating the fact that there was a lot of things we got to see and enjoy from that trip that regardless of being that money getting taken or, or whatever got stolen, um, it was uh, it was worth it. It was worth going, I mean, not worth getting robbed, obviously. Um, but it was worth going because I, I highly recommend everyone to travel and, and enjoy it and go with people that you can vibe with because it makes the experience so much better. Um, but yeah. And, and, it was, and it was crazy because I think that was at least for me and Mike and Angel, that was like our first guys trip ever. Yes, I agree. Actually, did did we go anywhere else? I think every I think all the other trips that we did was probably in yeah, Orlando. They were, like, they were local. They were yeah, local. in Miami, I think. Well, besides besides um yeah, they were local. Was, was Ryan's wedding before or after um Columbus? after? I ain't gonna lie, I was a little salty. Like, dang, I ain't get to go and, and sing. Making my way downtown, walking past. I, that's how. I, that's how I can imagine you on the fucking car on the way to Georgia. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one that got to experience both Ray's wedding and Ryan's wedding out of this group. I'm talking about polar opposites. You know, Ray had like Uncle Luke and and bachata music and all this shit, and you know, Ryan had Journey. <laughs> That's it. It was like Journey and like, they, know, like the, the Justin I, Bieber I, I already know one DJ. Song they definitely played at that wedding. Um, you can't tell me they didn't have that sweet Caroline. So, yeah, just to sum everything, we, we've, we've known each other for four years as a group, they've known each other longer. 
And um, we're hoping that we bring you some funny conversations and some interesting antidotes that you can take home and and really uh, dissect and make fun of us about later on when you decide to comment on our podcast and give us opinions on our stories or our opinions. Um, we look forward to hearing that stuff. We're, we're um, obviously, we're, we're all Latin, some more than others. Mike understands because he doesn't speak Spanish, which isn't really Latin at that point, right? Um, we, Mike Taco Bell. It's true. <laughs> so, like, we're all <laughs> Latin, but not really. <laughs> hey, hey, it's it's American ish, you know. It's a Amer- it's American well, version of tacos. Actually, I'm gonna be a little kinder to you. You're more like Chipotle. <laughs> okay, thank you. I, I'll take that. I'll take that. You know, it's funny. I got <laughs> even though I don't get the good stuff from Spanish, I get all the bad stuff. You know what I mean? Like, even though I don't speak Spanish. I'll be treated like I am speaking Spanish. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be speaking English. I'm like we speak English. I'm like I am speaking English. <laughs> like why are you coming to me? <laughs> and and, and see, giving me you some know what shit. I realized? I, I mean, especially being you know? in Miami, being Latin, but talking English the way I talk English. Clearly, as as growing up in America, my English is perfect. I, I can speak English. I know good words, as as, as the Donald would say. You know. Do you, um, you know the best words? I have the best words. Do you have the best I have words, the Carlos? best language. I am the best Spanish-English speaker in the planet. I have a question for you guys, though. But, like... Growing up Latin but not speaking Spanish. I mean, that's not Latin, but... Uh, growing up Latin and not speaking Spanish and not... and But you understood a little bit. How was that growing up in South Florida, though? Because there's a very large Latin no, population out there. Did people talk to you in Spanish, assuming you would understand them, and then you'd have to explain that you're a disappointment to your people? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> to answer your question. Yes, I had to explain that I was a disappointment to random Spanish people, especially when I was in sales positions, which was awesome. Okay, in this country, you know, when you see another Spanish person, you're like, oh, you know, another Spanish person, he can speak Spanish. Oh, I feel comfortable. And to see them have that look on their face when talking to me <laughs> drain from them. When I when I tell them that I don't speak Spanish, it's I, I feel like I broke so many hearts. It's like they start speaking in Spanish and I'm like, uh, uh, no habla espanol. They'll, they'll look at me like I'm joking at first. They, they think I'm fucking around at first. They'll be like, <laughs> fucking bendejo and they'll start they'll start talking to me in spanish again and then after like a little bit like after the third or fourth time that i'm saying i don't speak spanish they'll they'll give me like a shocked angry look but then they'll give me a pitiful like, like a pitiful you? look yeah like you, you look like that and you don't speak spanish you like you look completely mexican and you don't speak spanish and especially in florida in florida if you don't speak spanish you're fucking shit out of luck I hate to say that. Okay, would you guys agree with me on that? Like, if you live in Florida, you, Spanish I mean, yeah, has to be like a second language, language, pretty much. Florida, for sure. Uh, you really need to know how to speak Spanish. I mean, when I moved, when I moved down to, to Miami for college, I honestly, I didn't speak a lot of Spanish. I understood a lot of Spanish because my grandmother didn't speak any English, so I had to understand Spanish. But the thing is, she understood English, so I didn't have to speak Spanish. And also, my parents kind of gave me like a homework book when I was little and essentially wanted me to do homework on the weekends to learn Spanish. And I was like, fuck that. That sounds terrible. I don't want to learn Spanish. 
Um, so I knew words here and there, but I would get the words wrong. I would use words every now and then. But honestly, moving to Miami and, and working in downtown Miami, I was constantly having to talk to people in Spanish and constantly having to explain things in Spanish to the point where I became a lot more comfortable speaking Spanish. And uh, Okay, well, I, when I try to speak Spanish, I don't sound American. I just sound slow. Soy gordo. All right, what you got, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you? Me amo Miguel. Why are you doing a movie? Muy flaca. <laughs> yeah, flaca. <laughs> Muy flaco. Oh, flaco. That was awesome. Your Welcome back, fucker. So, um, as it comes um to me, my first language was actually Spanish. So I would I actually used to spend summers. In the Dominican Republic, so my my grandparents uh, actually had uh, a teacher since I was like three years old that taught me how to write in Spanish, speak it fluently. And At what age did you start speaking English? I, I was like six years old when I actually started like speaking it because I heard English at home, but we I still spoke more like Spanglish. I didn't know like completely like. Fluent English, because all every, everybody spoke to me like Spanglish. No. Plus, your your no. dad didn't even speak English. He was strictly my dad Spanish. Was, my dad was in this country physically, but mentally he was always in the Dominican Republic. Do you do you speak to your dad in English, Carlos, or strictly Spanish? There are occasions where I'll talk to him in Spanish just to do it, uh, because honestly, living in Orlando now, I don't have to speak Spanish ever, and I kind of miss it to a certain extent. I, I I've always enjoyed talking Spanish here and there. Improving. <laughs> Do you? Th this is something that that um I see within myself, and I want to ask others. I'm like two different people when I speak English and when I speak Spanish. I feel like my whole like my whole flow changes as my language changes. Yeah, I mean I'm less confident in Spanish than I am in English, honestly. So it definitely. And I feel I feel more confident in Spanish than I do in English. Like I, I remember, I remember back in the day, my dad and me used to tease each other because I would tease him about his English, and he would tease me about my Spanish. So he would start an argument with me in Spanish and tell me I can only speak Spanish, and I'm like, that's not fair. I'll beat you if it was in English. So it's like I always rely on English more than I ever would Spanish. So I, but I do get where you're coming from because when you hear Spanish words, do you translate those Spanish words to English so you understand them? Or can you just understand them from, from, from the writ, essentially? Because I've always felt like when I was younger, I always had to be like, that's the word, this is what it means. Now I do that much less than I used to. I feel much more comfortable hearing the word, knowing what it means. But it's almost like you have to translate it yourself to really grasp what's being said. Because being a native English speaker, that's what you're relying on more than the Spanish. For me, at least. No, um, for me it's easy. It's once I once I hear it in Spanish, it automatically. But when you were when you were learning English, did you have to go back and be like, "This is what it is in Spanish. This is what it means." Yes. Okay, so you you relied yes. on the language. Okay, so yeah. Now, but um, the funniest thing with uh, being bilingual and also uh, being Afro Latino is. Uh -huh. The shock on people's faces when they think I'm black 
and they speak about me in Spanish, and then I reply to them back in Spanish. Actually, that's actually a good thing to to ask you about, right? Like, how often does that happen, and what is has there been like more, any case that stands more, out more more than more than you know, on you? It happens a lot. Um, uh, I remember I could tell you one story. Um, there was a point in time where I was driving Uber, and I had this uh, lady in the car, and the whole time she's critiquing me. She's critique. She's on the phone with somebody, and she was like, "Sí, porque aquí hay este negro manejando este carro, and you know, and, y mira cómo está que que maneja tan lento." So, bro, I'm just letting her talk, and she's and for the um the audience, what I said was, um, "Look at this black guy driving his car so slow. I need to get to my destination on time." <laughs> and Mike, yeah, yes. for, for, the, for the audience and Mike. So, <laughs> when I finally got her to her destination on time, she's getting out the car, and I go, "Oh, by the way, que Dios te bendiga, God bless you." It was hilarious. I've had multiple instances like that in uh, in Miami. Because the thing is, like I said, speaking English the way I do, they automatically assume I don't speak Spanish. So, I mean, I've been in lines before where they're talking shit behind me, and I turn around and I start talking to them in Spanish, and they, it's the same reaction. They they turn white. They don't know what to say because you don't you can't apologize. You just talk shit. You can't take. You can't eat your. You essentially got to eat your words at that point. You can't. You apologizing means nothing because we already know what you think. You know what I mean? So it's always a, mm-hmm. funny, a funny thing seeing that and seeing those reactions um, because it's, uh, it's proof that not only do, let's say, Americans judge us and assume we're one thing, but our own people judge us and assume we're one thing. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's incredible because growing up Latin in America, that's essentially how it is. A lot of times you run into other Latin people who are more Latin than you are because they still speak more Spanish and all these things. So they don't even think you're Hispanic. They don't even think you come from one of those countries or that your parents do. And they automatically just dismiss you and think they can say whatever they want. And they're very judgmental a lot of the times. Let's, let's set this straight. My parents spoke Spanish to each other when they didn't want us to hear what they're talking about. So, so my, so me and my siblings would try to catch a word to try to figure out what they're talking about, you know, <laughs> and and that's that's why I knew all the curse words <laughs> instead of regular Spanish words <laughs> like pendejo or puta, all that shit. I was like, oh shit, they're fighting. I'm like, oh fuck, what the fuck are they fighting about? And we used to fucking just, just fucking, just try to listen in and no, figure out what the fuck they were fighting about. There's a lot of different families and a lot oh, of yeah. different ways of raising. And uh, I mean, that's my that's my biggest fear, honestly, is that growing, you know, growing up in the household that I grew up in, where I heard Spanish frequently, I'm obviously much more Americanized. But I want to be able to keep that alive. If anything, I want to make sure that my kids speak better than I do. So that way they can pass it on in a way that I couldn't pass it on to them outside of just culture, outside of teaching them about where we came from and things like that, you know? I feel like it's very important for us to make sure we don't lose that culture because as, as lovely it is, as it is to be in America and, and have those American dreams, you still need to hold on to who you were and how you're, you know, you grew up. 
as far as the grandparents part, I knew both my grandfathers, but my grandmother passed away when I was a baby. One of them. The other one, the other one essentially was part of raising me my entire life. Um, my grandmother played a significant role in my life. And like my parents know to this day, I tell people all the time, she was my favorite person uh, ever. She was just an amazing person. She cared about everybody she cared about with deep intensity. And she wanted the best for them. She was old school. She was very old school in every way, shape, and form. But she shaped me a lot as well as a person. Um, as far as my dad is concerned, I mean, my dad's a hustler. He, he, he did what he had to do to help support the family. He came to America to give my brother and I a better chance uh, at a life. So, I mean, he sacrificed his future in Colombia, which could have been much more successful for our future here, which is a huge sacrifice to make. I mean, he left his family. My mom didn't. My mom had both her brother and her sister here and her mother and father. My dad didn't have any family. He was out here because of us. So, I mean, that, that weighed on him, and it, it was clear it weighed on him. He missed his family. He was very family-oriented, and that's something he taught us to be. He's very family-oriented. Families fight, families bicker, but you care about your family, you know what I mean? And, and so it's – he taught me those things. My dad's also an extremely frugal guy, so – okay, check it. So before I had my edge, I had my scion. And when I went to go buy my Scion, the Scion was supposed to be for $16,000, and they screwed up and put thirteen on the fucking sticker. So when my dad went there and saw that it was 13000 we were like, that's a great deal. So we went there, we, put, we brought my Civic that I had at the time, and my dad's like, we want to see the Scion that's $13,000. i am like, oh, that's a mistake. It should be sixteen. He goes, nope, you put thirteen on the windshield. I expect it to be for thirteen, or I'm not buying it. They buckled and went down three grand on the car. Then we, we go into talking about what my monthly payments we were aiming for it to be. I was like, as close to 250 as possible. They were like, oh, we can only do 280. My dad goes, what if you drop this 995 off? Will we get to 250? Then they're like, you'd get to 253. He's like, we'll drop that off and get us to 253. He then hustled them for another $1,000 and then almost hustled them again for some carp for some updated uh, carpets for the car. So like he's my dad don't play when it comes to those things, especially things he's very intelligent about, like cars. He's not going to get played. I learned that. I learned to to be able to negotiate at a better rate because my dad was always negotiating with people trying to get better deals. So I in turn learned how to negotiate to beat my dad. How much influence has your fathers have had in the way that you guys are fathering your kids? A good, a good amount of influence, in my opinion. Um, um, I mean, just like with anything, I try to take what helped me that my father did, and I use that, and then anything that I didn't necessarily agree with, because I mean, we we all have things that or, or tendencies where we're like, no, I don't agree with that. It's not, it doesn't make them bad fathers or anything like that. They're amazing dads. It's just mm -hmm. you would change the way you would handle that situation. You know what I mean? Whatever I didn't agree with, I tried my way. And if mm -hmm. it didn't work, I tried his way to see if it worked then. Even if I didn't agree with it, maybe there was a purpose, you know? So it's like he, he was a heavy influence on me. I, I do things differently to a certain extent. 
I have a little more freedom, but also a little more restriction because nowadays you can't let your kid run around the street. You know what I mean? Like when I was five years old, I used to go outside in the front yard and run around. One thing that I noticed that I did receive from my father that I, that I do as a parent is my father. So my grandmother, um, you know, she's always been big on cooking on family meals that was like her thing. Like you always had to sit down and we always had to eat dinner together, you know, and that's how she would show her love was through food. And I see the same, uh, and my father was the same way. Like just not like, you know, like, like force feeding you type, but just like, you know, just cooking for the, you know, for your family was like, you know, showing, you know, love. Now as an adult, I appreciate that. And I do the same thing. I always make sure when it comes to Ali, like, I try to cook as much as possible or, you know, just, uh, you know, positive input. My dad's an actual chef. He went to culinary school and all that. And anyone who's been over my parents' house is just, they love my dad's food. And I'm, and I'm not gonna lie. My dad, whenever he was actually home and cooking, oh, the food was so awesome. But for the life of me, I can't cook a fucking thing. I don't, I don't get it. But cooking is essentially an art. I know. Develop and learn over time. It's not something you just pick up. Some people, yeah, some people might be naturally gifted at it, but they even have to practice. Honestly, Mike, cooking is also it's a passion. Like you really gotta, you really gotta want to cook. I actually like that. that. When they say like, if you're not in a good mood, don't cook. That is a hundred percent true. (laughs) Yeah, because it's a, it, it really is an act of love, like an act of passion, like. You really got to put your heart and soul into it. That was one of the funniest things growing up. Every time you had a Puerto Rican and Dominican talking and they, you got confused and called one a Dominican or a Puerto Rican when they were the opposite, they used to get so offended. It was like a rivalry of islands that I never knew existed and I still don't understand why. Uh, like, what does it matter? Being Puerto Rican, I honestly don't fucking know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a mystery to me, too. I know. I learned. Yeah. It's a form of yeah. racism when you really think about it. It really is. I think you know what it is, and this is a this is an issue with mm-hmm. us as as Latino and Latino men. It, it's the pride, well, man. People feel and that's what, what that kind of messes us up sometimes. In general, the, the, the Hispanic community, we judge other Latin communities. So, like. Like I remember growing up, people didn't want to be called Mexican. They wanted they they felt like that was beneath them. When I mean, in reality, it's not. You know what I mean? It's growing up. You just like I know there's plenty, and being Colombian, I've experienced it. Plenty mm-hmm. of Colombian people out there who think they're better than you, and I've experienced such. I've I, I've experienced it too frequently in Miami. I've also experienced it with <laughs> Cuban people who thought they were white, but they're not. They're Cuban. Like they just want to be white, so they want to be accepted. You know what I mean? And they so they they forget who they are. You know what I mean? Like they look up down upon people, and it's not okay. And Colombia, in general, as a country, is a country that actually relies on social status. Colombia still very much looks at people based on where they are social so social economically. 
they if you're if you're not making a certain amount of money if you're not capable of doing a certain amount of things a lot of well, I think in, I think that can go for any community though there's always that certain part of that community of the Latin community that would always feel that that way I know plenty of Puerto Ricans like that you know and it could go all across the board and and I and I like Cubans people hit me up I mean it, it's the it's the nature of the beast you come to America and you want to assimilate. So the easiest way to assimilate as a Latin person, especially a light-skinned Latin person, is to just become Republican and join the white community. So it's just like, that's what they need to do to be socially accepted, and that's what they want when they get here. That note, how do you guys feel about this new Latinx movement? It's basically non-binary term for Latino and Latina. The funny thing is Latinx is only really popular with the younger generation, which makes sense because the generation after our generation is very much about the non-binary thought. They're the most progressive generation yet, just like we were the most progressive generation prior. So they're trying to eliminate any of these he's and hers and all of that. They just want to be referred to as people to eliminate gender. I don't necessarily agree with that, I feel like that's essentially because this is an American term. This isn't a uh, a Latin term created by Latin people. This is an American term created by Americans. So it's essentially they're trying to provide us a way to call it our, ourselves. But that's like a, a man trying to tell a woman what to do with her body. It makes no sense to me. Like, how are you not allowing the Latin community to decide what's right and wrong for them? If you think about it, Latinx is essentially a concept that's being forced on us. It's being it's it's something that they want us to go by, and some of us agree with it, so it's okay. So it's like, I mean, yeah, it's just it's 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 funny to me because why are we forcing? If some people want to use it, cool, by all means, use it. But if I want to go by Latino, and I mean, Latino, Ray, I, what did, what were your thoughts on it when I kind of explained it to you? Because I'll tell you my first thought when I was reading on it. I was I my first thought was that okay, it's a new term. If they want to use it, that's fine. But I'm going to continue using the the terms that I grew up with. I mean, I I agree with you, Mike. I mean, you know, if the younger you know generation um, X wants to use that term, you know, and and not be put in a box, all power to them. But I'm Latino. I mean, I I, I don't see myself as nothing else as Latino. And I mean, who would really get offended? Of I started hearing about it throughout the election. I didn't even believe Mike was Puerto Rican till I saw his dad. Because <laughs> okay, because my dad, my dad has this very Spanish presence. You know, he's he's a typical like old school, like Puerto Rican dad. Like doesn't say much, and if he does say something, it's usually to uh, put you in your place or curse you out. Or just say one word answers to your questions, pretty much. I, I see, and that's what was kind of refreshing. Ray, your dad was like the, the opposite. Your dad was like, like welcoming and pick us up from the club, all kinds of cool shit, man. That was kind of my dad was that guy. My dad was he was very strict. He was very yeah, tough my- on people. Like he was tough on you because he wanted you to do well. But he wanted to be your friend. He wanted to be able to joke around with you and have a good time with you. 
That, well, you see, my dad gets like that when he gets comfortable with you. Like, if he gets comfortable with you, you know, then he will open up. But, like, if he, if you're a stranger, you mean my dad, he's he's probably going to give you the look like, like, fuck off. So, so Mike, let me ask you this then. What year did your dad get comfortable with you and finally show you his fun side? Yeah. <laughs> probably until I moved out. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I think I think once we moved out and we stopped terrorizing him and costing him bills, he's like, "Oh, you're okay. You're okay, guy." I'm like, okay, shit. So, Mike, uh, so you think your, your yeah, dad to that extent, yeah, kids type of parent. Because he he's a, he's the type where if you're living underneath his roof and costing him bills, then you're just you're going to be underneath his rule, which rightfully so, because, you know, he, he worked his ass off every day, you know, but that, that, that can go for all of our parents. Because I know, Ray, your dad worked really long hours at times. Yeah, endlessly, bro. That's who I get my work ethic from. Well, my mother, too, but especially him, bro. I mean, he he... He was a taxi. Yeah. He used to drive taxi. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, my dad. Uh, my dad didn't move to the states until he was thirty, so he didn't really speak English. So he took, I think, the first few years he was here, he worked making like two dollars an hour working in a warehouse in Jersey City, and then he worked his way up, learned English more and more. He ended up going to college, like for like vocational college, and learned how to become a mechanic and fix things. And that's when he started doing really well. So my dad busted his ass to get to where he was to be able to retire at a younger age. So on that same um, on that same level that we're having that conversation, right, um, about our fathers, um, what did you what what did you guys take from your fathers? Me personally. What I got from my father, even uh, just an observation, it was just never give up. My dad has a very complex life experience where it kind of shapes how he is today. Um, but then again, uh, there's I think from that point, there's two different paths you can take. You could take the path that kind of uh, recreates the same trauma that you've experienced, or you can learn from it and go a different path, which luckily... He did with us because he never had a sense of a family, but with us, he's like, he, he wanted to create that sense of family. You know what I mean? That's the right way to think. That wraps up tonight's episode. Thanks again for staying on until the end. If you like what you heard, please follow us on Instagram at excuse me, podcast official. We also have a link in the bio for you to send us a shout. Remember that we're on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else that you can find us. Stay tuned because in two weeks, we're going to come out with episode two. And if your shout is good enough, it might even appear in the episode.
baking cookies and cook and bake. I can already hear ya. Okay, let me turn the echo down before. Can I hike you up so that you guys can get close to this thing? Because it's a good one, but I mean, I got mine in there. That's what I'm saying. That what? What am I doing? What'd you say? You can say it if she'll repeat it. I'll cut it out. Oh, give me a second. Huh? Just a little bit of wind. <laughs> Just a little bit of wind. We'll edit that out. No, I just told you. What you said. You did, bro. All right, let me start. Let me start. The hardest thing about podcasting is knowing that you're going to have to listen to your voice. Because nobody likes their voice on on the radio, it just it sounds retarded. You saw girls, oh, I sound too manly. Guys, like, I sound like a bitch. Like, it's nobody likes themselves. She's saying, so you should sound perfect. No, What do you think he likes hearing you all day? Yeah. Hey, see, that's the kind of thing we do here. We get singers, we relax, so that you guys don't feel like you're getting recorded. You feel like you're talking to me, talking to me about something cool that you fucking do, that you really, really love, that can, you can use every fucking word except for nigger, <laughs> and, and you can express yourself happily. Like, what you do is super awesome. Like, I talked to your kids, and I was just, I asked them, I was just like, what is it like to live in a house full of puppies most of the year? That has to be amazing. And he's like, it's cool. Like, <laughs> I was like, are you the oldest? And he's like, no, I'm the second oldest. The oldest doesn't come out of her room. I was like, I met her. <laughs> yeah, she she was the one who popped in and popped out. Yeah, that's her. And so the youngest one was mine. Well, that's not mine. Like they're mine, but they're not. <laughs> they're yours. If you'll fight, uh, uh, you, if you'll fight another student for your kid, oh, yeah. if they do something to your kid. They're yours. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're not 18, but it's gonna hurt. <laughs> Wait till your daddy gets here. He's gonna get pained up too. All right. All right. So, um, what got you into this? What got you into raising and selling huskies on a professional level? Um, we wanted to face these. Um. Face these two buttons. That's where your voice is going. Oh, yeah. To this area right here. Okay. So, um, we were asked all the time about our husky, our male husky, and they were like, "Are you gonna breed him? Because he was never fixed. Because he was just a great boy, I guess you can say. Which he is. Which he's amazing. And we were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." We thought about it, and then we rescued Khaleesi, our girl. Mm -hmm. So when we got her, it was like instant. 
like a love story with them. It ended up being like the Lion King is the only way I can explain it to people. <laughs> and that they fell in love. We kind of let it happen naturally. Um, and then she was pregnant. So our first time letting her be pregnant, it was about eight months of having her, which is pretty quick in dog world for her to trust him. And then she gave birth to the puppies by the time she was 10 months with us. And then she trusted us during her delivery. And then that opened like a new door for us to want to do this again with her. So um, we let, we first saw the first delivery. We researched a lot of stuff. We looked into specific foods, things to do, um, how to keep her routines and healthy. Um, As women who are pregnant, we tend to not be able to use and hold the bathroom as much. So we learned with her that she can't hold going to the bathroom as much of the water intake. So See, we and learned. I wouldn't have thought about we that. We didn't think about it. Even so, being pregnant, I would have been like, Dude, And I Jesus. literally, yeah, so we woke up to like a pile of like pee, and I'm like, she's house trained. So the fact that she did that pretty much was like light bulbs. We started getting pee pads for the puppies. And she's just came. looking at you like, you got me pregnant. This is your fault. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up doing that. The first six puppies, it was a learning experience. And we were like, okay, everyone who's asked us for these puppies, now we have a face to them. You got a tough cough. <laughs> <laughs> now you know you sound like a bitch. <laughs> so once they were born, um, we were just excited because everyone asked us for a males. We ended up having one boy. Um, our first delivery... so our first litter was seven puppies and unfortunately we ended up losing one so we were devastated yeah she had them really early early. Early. Um, just like humans we give birth usually earlier our first pregnancy so it ended up kind of being the same way with her we uh, had seven puppies the last one was he was a runt he was our only other boy and he passed. He didn't make it more than three minutes. No, he he lasted a lot for three minutes. She gave delivery with him by the time he touched him. It was ten minutes overall. Yeah, we only had him in our hands to make him survive. I mean, we had um, a boogie, like a suction cup remover, like you do for babies when they have like the boogers in their nose. We had a brand new one of those we stuck in his mouth uh, mm-hmm. to help him be able to grasp air and breathe. Uh, we CPR'd him, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he didn't make it. So we wanted to be prepared if this ever happened again, what to expect, what not to do, what to do. Um, and overall, our first litter were successful. We ended up having six puppies, and we're like, this is a lot of work. We saw how much people loved the puppies. And so then we decided to do it, wanting to do it again. <laughs> Um, and we you've learned gonna, a lot. Yeah, we definitely researched a lot. I think we were preparing to do another litter for now in January. Mm-hmm. But we didn't, we, didn't plan it. we didn't plan our second litter at all. Uh, she was in heat. We kept them separate. And on the last day of her cycle, he got to her <laughs> once again. <laughs> and here came eight puppies. Eight puppies. Eight puppies the second time, which was. But I hear that her snapback game is really good. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. 
Yes. So she tends to, the first time around, she snapped back quickly. Second time's looking like it's the same thing. Um, obviously, more puppies this time around. So she's been really tired because she's very she's on still, top of them. She's still feeding them. Yeah, she's still feeding them. They're eight weeks old. They're already vaccinated. We did everything prior to. The first time we were a little behind because we were learning. This time we were already knew what was needed and were to, what was expected. So financially we were prepared, even though we didn't have, during quarantine, everybody's struggling with funds. So we allowed a lot of people when the puppies were born to do a payment plan because everybody wants a dog, but not everybody can afford one lump sum. And that's a flexible thing to offer. I know that 2020 has been hard on a lot of people. So offering that is, I would say, is an advantage over other people who are selling and just getting trying to get the money out right. Correct. And for me, if I have someone who's like, hey, when are they available? I gave them kind of the December, by the first week of December cutoff date. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with that, it allowed them to do a good eight weeks. In eight weeks, you have more time to pay off a dog mm-hmm. who comes with their shots. They come completely prepared. They're potty trained the second time around. The first time they were semi-potty trained. This time they were definitely potty trained. We we knew what was needed, what to expect, the routines, the schedules. Um, the system just worked easier. I feel like the second time went flying. And um, we got different colors from the first litter the second time around. And guys, you have to see these puppies. They're really super, super cute. They come in ranges from pink to brown to to blue to black. Um, you actually have to check out their Instagram. Do you have one? Yes. So it's underneath my personal right now, which is um, underscore Vani underscore XO on Instagram. You can see all of the puppies on there. So when you say that it's your personal Instagram, they're going to see a little bit more of also of your lifestyle, maybe your kids or something like that. So they'll be able to have a peek at the kind of home that these dogs get to be raised in before they come out to new families, new okay. puppies. Okay. All right, so that's really awesome because they get an insight into what it is a life of somebody who does this on a regular, what their life cycle is. I'm going to have to edit that. Flag. Okay. Yeah, I got to add flags going on there too. So do something. Um, so when we decide for a puppy we want them to go to like a forever home that's the goal a forever home so i have two rules they don't start off as forever home puppies yes okay yes i want them to be forever home puppies but a lot of times people tend to you know the rescues end up going back to shelters or just end up being given up so we just exactly so we have two rules is one of the biggest rules is if you can't keep up with the dog something happens family you know issues um, relocation anything will take your puppy back um and the second one is we always want updates we want to know how they're doing how well they are um just to see how much they've changed and they grow to see if they gravitate towards more mom and dad since mom and dad are both our family dogs uh, it's a little different when you hear people doing breeding and it's a puppy mill type of feel Mm -hmm. um the puppies roam the house completely free all day so they kind of run the house we we don't run the house when they're here Um, 
we work around their schedule. So I think I feel like that's the most peaceful thing about the dog when they're here. So, ladies and gentlemen, when I went into these people's home, one, it's a nice, open, spacious home. So there's plenty of room for these dogs to get into trouble. But the one thing that I noticed is that you can't throw a rock without hitting a dog. There's a dog everywhere. And the best thing is you don't have to worry about, oh, man, I don't have a dog because <laughs> there's more dogs here than there are people. We're here for Thanksgiving. And one of the things we're really thankful for is that honestly being around these many animals is very therapeutic and these huskies all they want to do is love you it's jasper <laughs> jasper just wants to dive into your thighs <laughs> yes. his thighness yes he um he is a, i i probably like him more than i like the mom I know. but i haven't gotten <laughs> time to spend time with she khaleesi is yet always jasper it's everyone who meets, everyone who meets he, he's them. The, he's the reason why people want the puppies. He has such, okay, his broad features, his face, it's very, very wolf-like. And I think that's exotic, something that people out there, you know, they look at and they're like, I want that dog. Because not only is it like cool and, and, and wild looking on the outside, but it's nothing but heart and love mm -hmm. and the puppy breath. You guys can't say no to puppy breath. No. He's my ESA. Yes. So he's actually, he's actually the emotional support dog for the family. I feel like he gravitates to each one of us whenever it's needed. Um, and he's pretty much helped Khaleesi become the family dog as well because she was a rescue. So she did come with a lot of what rescues usually come with, a lot of that issues, is. you know, um, that they don't necessarily, yeah, they don't know that they come with it because they've been allowed to That's just kind of roam. Too. Yeah this, you know, horrible type of story Briar too. And then when we had, yeah, like they didn't know. She had no idea, but she did come with a lot of bad tendencies. And it was like a child who's in a foster home and they don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. um, they do everything. So she kind of reacted in that way where she came here and was like, I don't know you guys. I don't want to be here. Yeah, she was like, forget it. Um, she everywhere she was aggressive she was just it was completely who she's not today okay and being around jasper he tamed her he was able not only to be our emotional support dog but he kind of emotionally supported her in a weird way he um showed her the ropes let her know it's safe here let her know she was going to be okay here and within i want to say two months she became a lot more friendlier she became a lot more lovey-dovey uh she speaks she communicates now before she would not do that. She thought barking was her way of communicating. Uh, Jasper does not bark. He howls and lets us know if he wants to eat something, if he wants something to drink, if he wants to go outside. Um, she saw that he did that, so she started doing it and noting, noting that we would pay attention to her more. It works for him, it works for me. It's going to work for me. And her howl is a lot higher in a squeak. It's weird. So she barks stronger than him. He barks in a squeaky voice, and then he howls in a masculine voice, and she howls in this weird feminine tone. It's okay, so, so we got Nick Cannon and Aaliyah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, Christina? What's her name? Mariah Carey. Mariah yeah, the one who fucks up every New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mariah. Don't send any hate mail. Like, Hit me up, girl. Mariah over here. Not Mariah. I love Mariah Carey. <laughs> We're no, fans, girl. Hit us up. No, so uh, what can I say about them, though, after that? They just, 
everybody tends to look at Khaleesi and like she's the typical white husky, you know, with the grayish features and they're like, wow, she's so pretty. And then you meet Jasper and you see this red dog. And yes, he's just like he a is... reddish, he's like a reddish he brown. Was... He's like a reddish brown. He has um, hazel eyes. His eyes are like a green. So it's not very common. His nose is not black. It's brown. I feel like that makes him super special. Uh, this meaning behind his name is very important to me. Um, his Toilet. name is Jasper. Nope. Okay, good. He's named after the red Jasper stone. So do you, you familiar with crystals and stones and any of those type of things? No. No, <laughs> no not like that. <laughs> so, like, when you have uh, different type of stones, there's, like, amethyst and um you're talking about the vibrations that they throw out that help you yeah so there's there's different gems there's different stones there's different um crystals they have different names to them and so he actually made me think of the red jasper stone and the red jasper stone when we ended up looking it up years later actually meant everything that who he is and it just it's so crazy how i don't really believe in coincidences anymore i feel like the world kind of happens the way it's supposed to yeah it just manifests your destiny there you go and um he actually was named after the stone the stone of the rat jasper stone means um tranquility of peace and balance and so that's exactly <laughs> what he is so great. <laughs> and it's so crazy because he's everything of what that name is and so um i try to figure out ways whenever we see the puppies if there's certain puppies i just don't stick with a theme on naming the puppy certain theme names. I just name them what I think they should be. So what comes in? Yeah. So, so Memes. far, under this litter, weirdly, two of them were named after stones. Okay. So we have a ruby and we have onyx. Yeah, I like onyx. I love onyx. And they're both keeping their names, so that made me very, very happy because they both look like the stones that they're named after. So ruby is a girl who is a red with white on her. And Ruby is a red stone. And then Onyx is actually a black stone who is black and white. And his stone is black and white. And he's black and white. <laughs> no, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a Pokemon master. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to let you know, if you didn't know already, Onyx is also a great Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, Onyx is a strong Pokemon. Right now. I never <laughs> knew that. I just learned some yeah. things. Well, it, it turns into Steelix. <laughs> Oh, well, he's going to be made of steel because he's going to be huge. He's our biggest boy. Okay, so I know there's a lot that goes into these dogs and, like, the food. You guys get formula or is it just mom pumping that out, then feeding the mom, potty pads. Like, how much is this, like, I know this can't be cheap. No. <laughs> we use the, I can honestly say we use pretty top-of-the-line best products out there for them. Um, the yeah, Weeby Pads. A grand, grand plus between wee wee pads and food in a two months in a two months period. It's great hearing a man say wee wee pads. <laughs> it's almost about two thousand dollars, I want to say, because this time around we had an extra two puppies, which we were grateful for because they were healthy and happy. Um, I 
every day. And there's newborns mm -hmm. about the first month. Mm -hmm. So that's maybe 15 loads a week. Mm -hmm. 20 okay, loads so that's a week. electricity, that's water, that's, that's labor. Specific uh, dog sheet, like bedding sheets that they use. They like comforters. I mean, top of the line dogs. Yeah. You want to take care of your puppies, right? Yeah. I, I stay home, so it's my full time job. So I'm up every two hours from the moment they're born. I deliver them. You're the pack leader. I'm the pack leader. <laughs> I, I feed them, I walk them, I teach them how to use the wheelie pad, how to sit. You put your leg up and everything? Everything. Or? Whatever I got to do, I lay down with them. Yeah. <laughs> I lay in the cage to get them to learn that that's where we're supposed to be and lay down. That's a real job, too, for your kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All day. All day. And so we have to change out the wheelie pad from their first little. Twice um, a day. We take out the wheelie pad twice a day. And so it's not. Yeah. No, the first, first time they're born, it's about two times a day. Because, but we're putting more than just one wheelie pad down. That's another thing. We're putting down about five wheelie pads. That's so that's 10 wee pads a day. Yeah. You do the math. I don't want to. <laughs> that's a lot. That's, a, that's lot. a lot of money. You know, um, their cage is disinfected with vinegar, water. We don't use a lot of strong cleaning supplies with them to make them sick. Uh, we keep a lot of things disinfected. Anything that they do, mom's eating. Three, three Yeah, we have three different mops. And they're not just socialized with, um, dogs. you know, dogs. Are they socialized with other people, like kids? They love kids. They absolutely love kids. They know when, when we wake up, they're like the baby over the crib. They, the minute we open the door, they're losing their mind. They're so excited. Uh, the first month of their life, they spend it in the room with us. So it's mm -hmm. like us having a newborn in a crib. They are crying. They're waking us up. They're up every two hours. They're hungry. Yes, it's exhausting. I'm not going to lie. There's some days where I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait for them to not be in this stage anymore. Um, and then the week goes by quick because they grow so fast, so fast. And it usually happens within, I want to say, week four, week five was the toughest for us. Because um, for the first two and a half weeks, their eyes are closed. So it's, their eyes are not open. So mom's literally doing all the work, but they're peeing, you know, inside. Oh, she's eating it. She's completely yes. cleaning it up, and we don't want her doing that all day. That's exhausting. So what we do is we make sure the sheets are cleaned out. We clean you know, them up. We wipe them down. And we can't really clean them with too much product because they can also get sick. Yes. So, so mom has to hot, clean them. Hot so rags. Mom, hot rags. And that's super hot. Let's be careful how we say this. But, you know, pretty, pretty warm cloths is okay. what we're doing. A very damp, warm cloth. Is what we're using out there to make Doing sure. Grandpa baths and everybody. Yeah. Yes, literally. And mom as well. Um, her grooming to keep her up and keep her fed. She's feeding eight puppies this time, so she was eating four times a day. And she was eating not only the dog food, but we were mixing in tuna fish. We were mixing in a canned uh, chicken breast. We were I doing white rice. White I usually do their routine, so it's dog food, white rice. I usually give them egg whites, a little bit of regular eggs, um, a lot of cooked, of course. cooked uh, tuna. You know, try to mix them up, give them a lot of different proteins and and different soys, whatever I can give them, vegetables, corns. Not a lot of salsa. No. 
time. I did a lot, and I spent a lot of money on food, and they didn't even care for it. It was a waste. They ate, but these puppies did amazing, and I did feed this to them. They have more of a natural diet. So it's like you're learning on the, on the go as well? Oh, yeah. Okay. This time around, I feel like it flew by, and they were more prepared this time. Because we were more prepared. Because we were more prepared. Mm-hmm. The it's first time support. around, yeah. they were amazing. We loved every single one of our six puppies that we had, and we cried when they left. Every single one of them. We cried for every single one of the puppies because our house was going to be missing a big chunk of what we loved. But when we saw the owners come and pick them up, it makes it's us the happy. End, it's the end goal. Yeah. It's to see the people be happy and get to experience what I get to experience with Jasper every day, that amazing dog, that bond, the companionship, the love, the loyalty, the, loyalty, the look on, like, the, when he sees you every day. So I get, I'm glad that I get to share that with people, giving them that, you know, that experience. Well, you get to see Luna, so that is like a prime example. You get to see one girl over there. Luna. Luna is a beauty. She um, she has trained me to pick her up so that she, she, she's just laying against me like a Bjorn baby. Yeah, she's just like, okay, I'm gonna put my paws on you. I'm like, all right, bitch, what do you want? She's like, okay, and then I'm gonna put my other paws on your knees, and I'm just like, okay, where's this going? She's like, okay, just hug my back, and I'm like, okay, and she's like, I'm a baby. I'm a baby. I'm like, you're not a baby, Luna. <laughs> She's a gorgeous dog. I freaking love her. And she, the, you can tell the dogs have different types of intelligences because you see how each one analyzes problems when they're faced with it. And uh, my dog is stupid, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, my dog is smart. You know, he's really good with obediences. And, and you know, he's a puppy, so he's only got up. But Luna has this, like, almost hyper-intelligence where she's like, nah, Dad said not to bite that, so I'm not going to bite it. She's very smart. She knows how to stay out of trouble, but knows how to, like, still stay in trouble. Like, when you tell her to get off the bed, but she stay right there on the corner, and she's like, I'm not really on. And she'll do like this to Manny, like, I'm not really on. (laughs) But that's been Luna since she was a baby. Luna. It was the Luna show. It was the Luna show. And she was a puppy. Out of all my sick puppies, yep. it was all about her. All day, every day, at night. It was just, that's why she's called Luna. Because I'm like, Luna de la noche. That was the way to tell her. Ya va Luna, Luna de la noche. Yeah, because at nighttime, it was, she was the only one. She would start trying to wake everybody up. And I'm like, no, come here. So I have to put her in my bed this and just play. Star. Huh? This ain't World Star. Yeah, she was just ready. She was ready. I mean, she came out. She was the first one born. And she came ready. She was the first one howling. Her eyes were not open. She was like, everybody's going to listen to me. It was unbelievable. And I really felt like she was meant to stay somehow connected with me and Ralphie. And little did we know, she was meant for Manny and Vicky. And they were... We didn't even think they were going to get another dog. And here came Miss Luna and each person. I mean, we've had so many people ask us for Luna. They wanted to buy her. We'd had people come meet the puppies. 
she would get held and she would literally be like, no, bitch, get off of me. Like, she would literally start screaming, get off of me. Like, it was the only way I can explain it to you. That sounded so good, by the way. Yeah, literally. That was all her. You know the one that she's always playing with that kind of looks like her a little bit? The boy? That's who she she looks like, acts like that's her twin. The girl. Just like Sun. The one that you said is pink? No, the one that you said is pink. Oh, pink. Okay. Yeah, that's Luna. No, pink is Chiquita. Stars, it's Star Star. Star is white. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. So I'm sorry. Little booty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mini bitch. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she she's just like Luna. She wants to be seen, heard, acknowledged to the point where she's like, if you're playing with another puppy, it's not about them. Like I'll bite you. Yeah, we'll bite you, get away from me. And it's not even like these hard bites to us, it's the puppies. She lets me know when my dog needs to go out. Yeah. And she, she's eight weeks old. And I'm just like, <sighs> she, and I have she's, to get up because I know you're not lying to me. Luna. <laughs> and Luna is the first one born out of my first litter, and the one that she plays with is the last one born out of the second litter. And she ended up being the whitest one. It's 100% cute. Like, Isn't that? Cute care. Those two. And so with Luna, she went to Vicky and Manny, so we get to have her all the time. And weirdly enough, our second litter gets to move back. We have a couple of them going back to our hometown. Mm-hmm. And we get to kind of keep more tats on them than we expected. Okay, <laughs> so you guys are going to stay in contact? Oh, yeah. So um, from our first litter, his best friend got our mail. Mm-hmm. So he's back there, and we see him all the time. And it's so nice to see in his updates and how big and he is. And best friend? His best friend? Yes, his brother. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. And uh, he has our, our mail back in... New York, he was the, he has the, only the only male from the first litter, and he looks just like Jasper, just like Jasper, like the same strong features that you're talking about, uh, in the most craziest, it's literally, he's prettier, he's prettier than Jasper, <laughs> and you just said Jasper's beautiful, so imagine what his son looks like, and his son's eyes is kind of like a gray, beautiful, like disgusting beautiful, and so now, my best friend is getting on it. Yeah. <laughs> so we get to keep another close one. Too. How happy I am. I cannot imagine how happy you must I be. I am. She was, You're just the person I visit. And no, you have no idea how disgustingly excited I was when she was like, fine, we're going to get in. I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait to see her journey with Onyx. And the fact that she's keeping his name, I'm so excited. He's, he's still going to be called Onyx. Same thing with Ruby. Her name is being kept as Ruby. And she'll be living next door to her brother. They're going to be living literally each other's neighbors and two different households. So that's another fun fact. So those are fun little blessings that you get to find out as the person raising these dogs. Yes. All right. So how much do you actually sell them for? So they, the females, honey, they're asking questions. The females are usually do about, they're usually about 18. And then the males, I do about 19. But through COVID and everything, I kind of brung it down and everything, just litter. So we did about 17, 17 for the for the girls, 18 for the boys. And I do a delivery fee. So I'll take them to New York. I'll take them within a, under a 2,000-mile radius for $250 above. So we, we do that as well. And you guys do flex plans too? Yeah. 
plans as long as, you know, 75% of the puppies download, you know, let 25% go into a payment. You know, we, we work with the people. Where are you guys located? All right, so from Orlando, Florida, I ha oh, I forgot your name. Say me again. Vanessa. Okay. All right, so from Orlando, Florida, we have Vanessa and Ralph, uh, pro husky lovers, raisers, and sellers. If you guys want to hit them up, please hit them up on their, no. If you guys want to hit them up, please show some love and subscribe up to their Instagram, which is underscore. Okay, so V-A-N-I-I. -I. Okay. And that would be at V... You're going to fucking do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Underscore V-A-N-I-I -I underscore X-O. Yes. If you guys want any puppies from her, let us uh, let them know that we sent you here from the Excuse Me, You're in the Way podcast. Just use the code Excuse Me. All right, show some love, and thanks so much for coming in. Any other wonderful tidbits or anything else that you got from the dunk? They just want to make sure that you guys show some love. Even if you're not going to buy a puppy, it's okay to double-click on those faces. Yes, please. Like the pictures, share with your friends, friends, anybody who's looking into wanting to have a puppy in a forever home. All right, go fall in love today. Have a good night, guys. <laughs> Isn't it? It's super fucking cool.